Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, episode 50 of Swimming Upstream on the Fans First Sports Network. Back with you guys today. It's Alex flying solo, but I got a great guest with me to talk about his baseball journey as a whole, including this year, where this guy has been one of the most consistent players uh, with the Wahoos, especially offensively. And then, of course, with what he does on defense is well known. So it's awesome to see this guy putting it all together, um, probably playing the most consistent baseball on both sides of the ball that we've seen uh, in his career. So we're going to talk to him about that. Talk to him about his build with the game this year, previous years. We're going to get through it all. Uh, so I appreciate Will Banfield from the Pensacola Blue Wahoos for jumping on today. Will, man, what's up? Thank you for doing this in the midst of a road trip. Definitely appreciate it. How are we doing? Uh, doing really good. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And So, yeah, man, let's get right to it. Um, of course, like I said, I want to get to this year, but I want to start back um, with you from, from your growth with the game. Obviously, as we know, you were drafted as a high school player out of Georgia. Um Growing up with baseball, uh, not only growing up with the game, but growing up as an adult, as a member of the Marlins organization. So my first question is, man, what has this game done for you growing up with it, not only as a player, but what lessons has it taught you about being an adult? For sure. You know, um, coming out of high school, kind of being on, you know, your own for, you know, a couple of years after that. And so I think that my fourth year now, drafting 18, so fifth year, um, you know, being on my own from high school and always being, you know, there with friends and family back home and everything. That was definitely, you know, an adjustment to, to come and, you know, going through the travel ball circuit in high school and, you know, playing 
you know, away from home a little bit, that kind of helped me kind of, you know, get adjusted to it a little bit better than, than not. So, um, you know, being on the, being on the road and, you know, being in hotels and having a roommate and all that kind of stuff that is, you know, older than me and everything growing up, you know, it's been nice. I've been able to learn a lot about the game, about being, you know, a better person, you know, growing up as, you know, an adult, like you said, and, you know, now I'm 23 and, you know, kind of learning more about myself, as a player and that person on and off the field has really been, you know, something cool that I've really enjoyed going through this process. And obviously, you know, now, like I said, it's my fifth year, uh, you know, with the Marlins and, um, you know, just learning every day and finding something to learn throughout the day, no matter what it is, um, has really been enjoyable. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, I always like to ask high school players that because you're away from home, you're playing all the time and nine months out of the year. Uh, I can't imagine when I was 18, I was For sure. It was, uh, it was different. So I like to ask that question. Yeah, uh, awesome. yeah, no, yeah, for sure. It's a, it's nice being able to come to, you know, road series though, that are closer to home. Uh, that's always a big plus. I know it's not, um, you know, as close to some other guys on different teams, but it's definitely a plus that, you know, family friends can come when it's a couple hours away. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of in line with that. My next one, um, you know, just growing with this organization. So, um, you know, 2018 organizationally, that's like, Beginning of Bruce Sherman, uh, Kim Ang, not too long after that. Jeter was here then, all that stuff. Um, and then to where the organization is today. Um, so my question is here, um, how has this organization, do you think, kind of grown in your tenure with it? Things they do the same from back then in 2018, things they may do different, um, and how it's improved? For sure, yeah. Like you said, it's it's changed so much from, you know, 18 when I was drafted to now. Um, it's really cool to see, you know, guys growth organization as well with you know a different front office and you know new coaches staff coming in um I, I would say that you know there were some really good people in that that staff from 18 obviously you know the people that drafted me and like you said uh Bruce Sherman and you know obviously the people that are in office now for giving me you know that you know opportunity to be with the Marlins and continue my my baseball career as a professional um like I said it's cool to have you know different people coming in from different you know organizations I learned from them and like I said before I'm always trying to find a way to learn you know about the game and you know on and off the field so having new people come in um that is enjoyable to me to be able to kind of meet somebody new and learn how they do things and they learn how I do things um you know on the field and how I am as a player and a person and it's cool to build those new relationships and also, it's it's awesome to see, you know, what the big league team is doing right now um, and with so many new faces in and, you know, how how they're, you know, 14, 15 games over 500 and they're, you know, winning games and they're such a fun team to watch right now. And um, it's really cool to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely building that winning culture, as we know. Um, really cool um, to see where it's gotten to. I agree. Um, in line with this. Biggest support system. So, of course, as you go through, you know, building up a major league baseball career, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. I'm sure you would agree. Um, but I'm sure there's people and and resources that you've used the whole time that have been there for you. So if you can name, I guess maybe there's probably a lot, but if you can name like one or two people or resources that you've used to kind of get to where you're at this year, where you're succeeding as you are, who could they be? Um, my mom's always going to be one. Uh, she's always going to be in my number one for it. Uh, she's, you know, my rock and she's been there with me since the beginning. Um, and I know that no matter what, if I have a good game, bad game, um, if I just need some time to talk, you know, have a conversation, whatever it is, 
um, I know that I can pick up the phone and give her a call or, you know, she'll always be there, obviously. Um, another couple of people, you know, the, the coaching staff at Pensacola, um, I've really learned a lot from, um, been able to ask my questions if I needed them and also, you know, given the answers whenever I don't need to ask a question. So, uh, you know, Smoke, uh, Kevin Randall, you know, uh, Dave, uh, Matt Snyder, uh, Blackie, you know, all those all those guys are really helping me to become a better person and a better player on and off the field. Um, and another guy, uh, Chris Brionis, he's a, you know, defensive coach in high. He's another guy that I can always reach out to um, if I, you know, ever have a question or need somebody to talk to or just kind of, you know, get away from uh, from just what I'm doing right then in that second and kind of just have a laugh or whatever it is. 100%. One of the guys you mentioned in particular, I wanted to, to ask a, clarific, a clarifying question on um, Matt Snyder. Uh, I had Dane Myers on not too long ago and asked him this same question that I'm going to ask you. Just this guy's coaching style. I know he was with you in Beloit last year. Um, now he's with the Wahoos this year. He's kind of follows you up uh, right to, um, to, to Pensacola full time. So I want to ask about him. Um, Dane mentioned his transparency, just like, hey, if I have a question, he doesn't think it's a good idea for me to change that, do something with that. He'll tell me right out. So that's really valuable um, just so I don't like waste time and then I'm always improving. So that was his answer. But I want to give you the answer. I want to get the answer from you. What about Matt Snyder is so helpful for you? For sure. Yeah. Um, kind of like what Dane said, um, you know, being transparent and if like not wasting time and not beating around the bush, I, you know, Snyder loves his job and that's such a, a nice thing for us as hitters and players. Um, you know, when we know that our coach loves his job and he, he's going to get the work done that, you know, he's going to get done on a daily basis for us to be able to go out there and succeed as, as best we can that night. So it's always nice to come into the stadium, to the clubhouse, and know that, you know, the work is done and, you know, he sends it to us the night before and he's staying up long hours. And, you know, obviously he just had, you know, a baby uh, a couple of days ago. And um, to know that, you know, he's got obviously his personal life going on, uh, you know, having a baby and obviously all that kind of stuff is coming up, but also being able to execute his job here at the field for us every single day is awesome. Um, but yeah, like Dane said, um, it's cool, too, because, you know, whenever there is something that comes up that I want to um, feel or explore, or, you know, in work in the cage or whatever it is, he'll let me know, you know, obviously be transparent if, you know, that we need to waste time on. Uh, but, you know, sometimes and a lot of times, um, you know, we try it, we work through it and he's going to find his best way to help me you know, achieve whatever I'm, whatever I'm trying to look for or, or work on in the cage that day. So we've got some good work done obviously this year. And um, it's nice to have, you know, his energy in the dugout because he was obviously a player a couple of years ago. And it's nice to know that he's kind of right there in there with us. Yeah. Former Marlins prospect, Matt Snyder, with the uh, New Orleans baby. Case. For sure. That was one time. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, definitely yeah. true. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I, yeah. I was there his last year and uh, you know, it was cool to see him play and see him hit yeah. because yeah, he could rate. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, sweet. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, a valuable resource. I've talked to a couple of people about him. They all have very, very high praise for, for Matt Snyder. So I'm glad that he's still around the Marlins organization. Mm -hmm. um, maybe something that, that Matt has helped you with, very likely, actually, uh, mechanical changes. So when I look through past games that you've played last year, the year before, all the way back probably to 2018, I know that there's things you've worked on. 
this year, differences that I see from last year, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but arms are a lot lower, no toe tap trigger um, on the front end. It's a lot quieter, right? So it's a little bit of a different setup, a lot different, actually, a little bit of a different approach from where you were before. So can you take me through a couple of those changes and, and why they're working for you and um, how they've helped you put up the, the on-base numbers that you have? For sure. Yeah, just uh, just flexing my body um, and not being tense, you know, uptight through the at-bats, even from pitch one uh, to two strikes. And, you know, in those high leverage, uh, you know, situations with guys on base and everything, um, me lower my hands and, you know, my shoulders. And really, to me, they felt lower at first because I was a little high and I was just kind of like, you know, constrict you know my up, upper half just being a little tight and i found you know kind of when i got sent up to double a last year um exploring with that as well just loosening up a little bit and um you know felt like i had some good success with that carrying it in, over into this year as well and just trying to improve on that part of it and not you know try to do too much and make something happen um you know when when sometimes you know we can take one or whatever it is and also early in the count not miss our pitch so you know, we wanted to end these at bats as quick as we can at pitches that, you know, we can do damage with. And especially with guys on the mound that are getting better and better each day. Um, and, you know, guys are coming up through organizations that, you know, throw harder, have better off speed stuff. Whenever we get that pitch that we can do something with early in the count, um, you know, make sure that we're not missing it. Against the starter, Davila. First pitch blasted out to left. This ball's hit well. Norman going back, turning, looking, gone. Back-to-back, -back, Mesa and Banfield. And it's now a 5-3 Blue Wahoos lead. Banfield hits his third of the year on the first pitch he sees from the reliever Yoelvin Silvin. Me loosening up and being able to, you know, still have my, my quick bet speed to be able to get to fastballs and then also adjust on, on off speed as well has really been helpful. Um, and the adjustability in, you know, my low from loosening up and being able to adjust, like I said, on off speed from, you know, obviously staying on fastballs has really helped. Absolutely. Yeah, it shows for sure. Um, in line with this, 10 homers already this year. That's one away from your career high, which was last year. So obviously you got a boost in power as well. Um, other than what you just said about the approach um, and the the stance and stuff like that, what what else do you improve to this getting bigger, workout, uh, whatever it may be? Um, what do you attribute to this, uh, to the rise in power here? Yeah. Um, Really, every single offseason, I've worked hard, um, and I'll continue to work hard every after seasons to get stronger, um, to better myself, you know, as a player and always as a person. Um, I'll say the thing that I did uh, more to, you know, get a little bit more juice, I guess. Um, I would say being more direct and not missing my pitches, uh, you know, whenever I go at them. And like I said, being more adjustable, you know, in my lower and upper half to be able to adjust off speed um, and also fastballs, you know, depending on the situation and everything. And, you know, I have, you know, from me thinking just a couple of bats, you know, where I have long at bats, uh, three, two counts, foul off four or five pitches, and then have ended in, you know, a home run. It's also me not trying to do too much, not force anything, like I said, too. Three, two again. Banfield connects deep to left. It is gone. We are tied. A solo home run from Will Banfield. 
and it's a 1-1 game in the eighth. All night, the Blue Wahoos have been looking for that big hit, and Will Banfield just delivered it. Uh, just taking what, you know, I'm given from, from pitchers, and, you know, they're so good nowadays, obviously, that, um, you know, we need to end that at bat as quick as we can, but also when we're battling and fighting, uh, you know, trying to not do too much, just put the ball in play, and that's really helped. Yeah, 100%. Um, last thing on the offense, um, just looking at the stats as a whole, looking at numbers, looking at average, looking at slugging, it's all good, awesome, strikeout rate's pretty manageable. The one thing that is low for you, I would say, this year is the walks. So it's only a few walks for you this year. Um, maybe you could take me through that. Um, you know, uh, obviously, like you said, you're trying to end at bats as quickly as possible. You're looking for pitches that you could do damage with. Um, but is there anything that you're working on um, to maybe – get that free base a little bit more off. Yeah, just sticking to my approach, uh, you know, throughout the game, uh, obviously for starting pitchers, whenever we have the plan before the game that we tr try to run slow, you know, when the relievers come in and we talk about it in the dugout, just continuing to work on my approach. And, you know, that's something that every hitter can do and control is our approach and timing. Um, and obviously, that throughout a game basis at bat basis pitch basis and you know we're not always going to get our approach right and we're going to swing at pitchers sometimes that we don't want to swing at and the biggest thing is obviously getting back to control the next pitch and back onto our approach so just can continuing to work on that you know each day and um you know that will come and as i'm sticking to my approach I guess throughout the game and like like I said you see it for you know every single guy we're gonna swing at pitches that you know we don't want to but the biggest thing is that next pitch getting right back on it hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay. 
Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, couple on the defense. Um, I want to ask about rule changes. So, as you know, with with rule changes, um, stolen bases are up. I know you're a guy who prides yourself on fantastic defense, which is great. But I just want to go through the mentality as a catcher um, now with the step off rule, the throwover rule, like from pitchers that are kind of limited, they want to speed up the game, all this other stuff. You being on the other side of that as a catcher, I guess at times you would be probably a little powerless to control this, uh, especially if it's a pesky base runner. So maybe the the caught stealing versus stolen base would go up. Um, what's the mentality behind just letting yourself know that, hey, stolen bases are going to go up and I got to live with that? Um, you know, I'm always going to want to make sure I'm, you know, ahead of that. So I'm, I'm never going to be okay with that. Um, I'm always going to want to get that next guy out and we're going to do everything we can to be able to get the guy at the plate out, guy at first base out, wherever they are. Um, so it's kind of cool, you know, the, the new rules that are in play, we've gotten a little, a couple plays that we, we have in our back pocket as well to be able to get some of these guys out, whether it be, you know, making sure pitchers are having good time to the plate, slide steps, or, you know, we have drop gloves or, you know, we have different picks or whatever it is. And, you know, you can kind of see that with other teams starting to put that into play as well to try to figure out a way to, you know, get these, you know, big base dealers out. And it's crazy because, you know, you don't have to be fast really, or really a great base dealer to steal bags now with the new rules. But um, I see once our pitchers, you know, have good time to play and they give me a chance that I'm able to get them. Now taking off for third Infante, the throw to third and out at third base is Infante. And, you know, sometimes it's not going to happen. There's going to be guys obviously that are going to be safe, but the more that we can show them that, you know, we have good times to the plate and we're quick and we're not slow to the plate and, you know, also, um, you know, throw a couple of guys out and pick over and mix timing up They're They're going to be a little bit more timid to go. Awesome. I like that you're not uh, content with that. Like you're still working to. No, not at all. <laughs> to get, to get those guys. Yeah, it's yeah awesome. for sure. <laughs> Sweet. Um, last one on on this on defense. Um, as you guys know, um, they've been using in the Southern League. They've been using this different baseball. Soon going back to the regular baseball, right? Um, so I want to ask. I asked Monteverde about the baseball. It was a fun conversation. But I want to ask you about this as well. Um, as you guys switch back here, second half of the season, right? Um, you're going to be switching back. Is there a difference for you and how you work with guys, how you call guys? Do you anticipate that there's going to be any difference in what you've been doing so far this year when you guys make the switch back to the regular ball? Um, you know, how I've understood it is these new baseballs are moving more. Um, obviously, numbers are up for, for fastballs, off-speed, all that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't say that I would call the game different. Um or anything like that, I would say that we'll obviously work with the balls that we'll go, we're going back to uh, in these next couple of weeks, and we'll throw bullpens with them, and we'll see how pitchers are moving compared to, you know, how they were this first half, obviously. But I wouldn't say that the pitch column would be different. I would say making sure that, you know, locations aren't affected by the pitches from the baseballs that we're about to use again because the old baseballs, you know, had a little mind of their own sometimes. So, uh, you know, bullpens and work uh, before we get into the games and also in games, we'll make sure that, you know, locations are, you know, where we need them to be. So, uh, you know, balls aren't running off the plate or, you know, they're not just kind of sitting dead middle of the plate and, you know, hitters are able to get their swings off since these balls might not be moving as much as they were. So, like I said, just probably focusing more on locations and uh, sticking to the same, you know, approach and pitch calling that, you know, we have with our guys. Got it. 
Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. Uh, so that's it on defense. I wanted to ask you about a couple of your teammates. Um, obviously, you know, we got the futures game coming up. You guys just had um, had two guys selected to the futures game and Patrick and Nassim. So I talked to Patrick on the podcast a little bit ago. I talked to Nassim a bunch in spring training because he's around the big club uh, and around the minor league side of things. Um, but I want to ask about these guys individually. Patrick Monteverde just pitched last night. This guy is has been fantastic. Um, probably the best pitcher in the Southern League and one of the best in, in minor league baseball. So tell me about this pitcher. Um, what do you see catching him? Um, yeah. Uh, what do you got on him? Yeah. Um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun to catch him. Um, you know, I have a great time when we get paired up. And that's usually the case is, you know, for the game. It's awesome to be able to come into the clubhouse and know that I'm such a competitor and I want to win. Um, and every single day we still on that field, obviously we want to do good ourselves, but we want to win every single game that we're playing. Um, and it's cool to step in that clubhouse and know that he's the exact same way. Um, he's a competitor. He, you know, he wants to win for his team. He's going to be pre prepared every single day for a start. Um, you know, four or five days in advance, he's making sure that he's right and ready to go for a start right after, you know, he had a start. So, for example, today he's going to be, you know, watching his film and getting his, his you know, body right for his next out and next week. Um, you know, he, he fills up the strike zone. Uh, he never gives in. He, like I said, he makes sure he works on his his craft. And, you know, we do that in the bullpen. Whenever I get the chance to catch his bullpen, um, then obviously I'm down there. And it's cool to be able to see, you know, what he's working on each time. And he's always got a purpose for what he's doing, you know, when he is working. And you can see that translate, obviously, to games because he's prepared. He's ready to go. And that's one of the biggest differences is this guy loves to compete. And he wants to be good, and he wants to be good for his team. So it's cool to be able to be out there with him. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Um, Nas Nunez, I know you've known this guy for a while as well, um, makes it over into the Futures game this year. Um, started out really well. I don't think June is probably what he would have wanted, but I'm sure he can, he'll be able to bounce back. Super athletic guy, in my opinion. Great shortstop. Um, so it's cool to see him start to find some success as well, um, especially more consistently on the offensive side. So, Nas, what do you got on him, your relationship with him, um, what he brings to the clubhouse, what he brings to the team? Go ahead. Sure. Um, I'd say it's pretty similar. You know, another guy that comes to the field every single day ready to work and to get better. And, you know, I would say on and off the field, uh, a guy that same thing, he wants to get better, um, you know, at everything he does. It's cool to be able to come in here and know, you know, we got sent up last year. I think I got sent up um, right around – uh, the all-star break and then he was sent up you know right after that as well with you know in kind of almost the same time period and obviously we won you know the championship last year and kind of got that taste of you know coming to the field every day wanting to win and you know obviously like I said we want to you know do good ourselves and everybody wants to but whenever we can focus on you know every single day wanting to win for our team and you know trying to get the next guy up to the plate, score that next run, anything it is, then, you know, success will come. And that's something that he does. He's a selfless baseball player when he's out there. And, you know, we need somebody to be moved over. You know, he throws a bunt down. If we need somebody to, you know, score a run, you know, he's going to hit that line drive. And, you know, we we see that in him and we know that, you know, he'll get the job done. And if he doesn't, then, you know, he's, he's a great teammate. He's going to be in the dugout and, you know, rooting for the next guy 
and he's not going to be that, you know, selfish person to where he's, you know, thinking about his at bat, whatever it is in that inning, whenever we need kind of, you know, you know, the dugout to be up on, on the fence for that next guy up. So um, it's, it's fun to watch him work. It's fun to watch him, you know, get better since, you know, we've been together for a couple of years and see him get better on and off the field. And, you know, it's, it's cool to be able to have somebody on the same team that, you know, like I said, for Pat and a lot of other guys on the team that just, you know, want to be, you know, a better teammate each day. Um, last one on teammates. Simple question. Yuri Perez, are you surprised by what he's doing or no? Not at all. You know, I obviously started here with us and we all knew a little matter of time before he, you know, got sent up and he was doing his thing in the big leagues. Uh, we're very fortunate. I'm very fortunate to be, you know, in that same clubhouse when he did get called up and have a little, you know, part of him last year and this year. Um, and it's so exciting to be able to watch him do what he's doing right now. Uh, we throw the game on anytime he's pitching really in the house, uh, really Marlins games as well. But, uh, you know, he's pitching and you know, we're able to watch that. Then uh, I feel like the whole clubhouse is locked in to watch him. He's just a fun guy to watch. Um, I'm excited for him. Um, I'm really excited for his future uh, to come up here and to see how he finishes this year. Cool. Um, two more, and then I'm, we're going to be done for the day. Um, talk to me about Pensacola as a whole. I ask, I ask you guys this whenever I have one of you guys on. You guys usually have the same sentiment about winning culture, but I'm going to ask you too. Um, had Sean Reynolds on not too long ago. He was preaching about, man, this is this is such a great winning culture. It's such a great place to be. It starts here, and we're going to bring it up to the big leagues. So I want your thoughts on this. Um, tell me about the mentality surrounding this team as a whole. They're going back to the playoffs again uh, after winning the first half. There's just so much so much success um, and such great camaraderie and attitude around this team that's being built by coaches yourself. Tell me a bit about the inside workings of that and how you guys can keep it going as you continue to uh, to develop as as professionals. For sure. Um, you know, like I was saying, wanting to be at the ballpark and win every single day is a big part of it. Obviously, it's, you know, the minor leagues and, you know, it's developing guys and making sure that we get better each day as a player ourselves. But whenever, like I said before, whenever we can focus on, you know, on the field during the game, doing whatever's, you know, necessary to win that game, get the next guy up to the plate, um, making that next pitch, focusing on the next pitch after, you know, a bad, a bad, uh, at bat or, you know, whatever it is, um, I think is really the biggest thing, you know, whenever you have guys that are thinking about themselves or, you know, being selfish of, you know, how bad at bat and, you know, being locked at locked out for the rest of the game and not locked in, um, you know, that's when it comes to where, you know, we lose those games and in, in tight situations or, you know, we have bad clubhouse guys, but, you know, since I got here last year and, you know, obviously to this point this year, we we have such good guys in the clubhouse and, you know, in the dugout that, you know, want to win. Also, we all hang out, you know, outside of the field and, um, you know, we're all friends. And that's the coolest thing about it is we can turn it on while we're out the field and make sure we're locked in and also, you know, get on to each other when we need to. We're kind of cool, but when we're off the field, we're able to have fun and, um make sure that we're always, you know, hanging out and having that camaraderie that we, you know, need as a team to be able to win. Sweet. Awesome. Love to hear it. Um, yeah, being able to turn it on and then go turn it off and relax. It's definitely something to Just be said about that. Uh, sure. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to hear. Um, 
good balance. Okay, cool. Um, last one, man. And then um, it's going to be it for today. Again, really appreciate it. Um, simple question. Um, we're going into the second half. What does a successful end to 2023 look like for you? Something else you want to accomplish that you haven't done already um, or just something you want to continue to do? Um, or maybe both um, that you can point to for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, like I've been saying, as a player and a person each and every single day, um, making sure that I'm doing my work and um, ready for every single game that I play and making sure that I'm this staff, our adventure that's going to be out there every single day and, um, you know, there for my team uh, every single time that they need me. So I would say that. And, you know, I want to win a World Series one day and every single year. The goal at the end of the year is to, you know, win that league, win that championship, wherever I am, um, whatever it's going to be, uh, that that's going to be the goal is is to win that championship at the end of the year. Awesome. Love to hear it. See that winning culture permeating. So it's great. For sure. Uh, sweet. All right, man. Well, again, uh, definitely want to say thanks again for, for joining us. I want to thank Eric and the Marlins for helping me uh, get you on today and, and for you, of course, for your time. So definitely really appreciate it. Wish you all the best of luck for the rest of the year, man. Um, you know we'll always be around to uh, to keep in touch. Uh, so really appreciate it again, and um, wish you the best of luck uh, here in the near future. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Great. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. That's it, guys. Will Banfield, some great stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed. That's it for Swimming Upstream for today, and we'll see you guys next time on the show.